0: You guys ready? Yeah. I was hesitant to, uh, you know, we've, I've been telling jokes here. Uh, we told one last week, Marcus told one the week before, and, and uh, so I, I tried it out on the nine o'clock service. I'm like, okay, you guys are the guinea pigs, we're gonna see if, so I, I got the thumbs up for the most part. So are you guys ready for this one? Sure. sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Little Lucy was talking to her teacher about the story of Jonah and the whale in the Bible. The teacher abruptly explained that it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human, because even though it's a very large mammal, its throat is very small. Lucy repeated her statement that Jonah was swallowed by the whale. Irritated, the teacher explained again that a whale could not swallow a human. It was physically impossible. The little girl said, Well, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher asked, Well, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? To which Lucy replied, Well then you ask him. (laughs) Ooh. Hey, the nine o'clock service said it was okay. (laughs) You gotta talk to them about it if you don't like it. (laughs) All right. You guys ready to dive in? So we have been in a series of, of going from community to family and specifically going from this place of understanding, of deeper maturity, which brings us into unity, which brings us into family. And um, so I'm going to just do a quick review in two minutes here, and then you guys should have this all figured out at that point. But uh, so last week we talked about truth, right? You guys remember, we, and we used, I used the uh, ice, the ice tray, uh, understanding that these are like kind of the compartments of our heart, and where where there's areas that we're struggling in, there's voids, and what happens is when when we don't have the truth in that area, what it does is it veils that, it covers that area of our life, and it, and we. And it doesn't allow the love of the Father into that area to fill that void. And so then we operate in this struggle, in this, in, this difficult, in the difficulty of it. And what we try to do is we try to figure out the problem when what it is, it's a love deficit. It's a deficit of the Father's love. And so this is the, there's this truth that we have to understand. We have to get the truth. And then it says that as you obey my commands... You actually abide in my love. You, you're in my love. And so it comes out of obedience in that, so that you get the truth, and then you obey it. And out of that, what happens is now the Father's love fills us in that area. And then it talks about in 2 Corinthians 5, it's that out of this, as we have the love filling us up to overflowing, now we're compelled by love to go out and to love others. And it's out of that overflowing. And so that compelled by love, brings us to a place where we realize we are ambassadors of Christ. We're ministers of reconciliation. And we're to go forth and do the work of the kingdom. And then out of this, there's, there's 1 John 4, which talks about that his love is actually perfected in us as we love one another. And so it's the Father's love that's perfected in us or completed in us as we love others. And so what this is, this is a spiritual maturity that we begin to, to move into. And as we as we gain the spiritual maturity, as our as the Father's love is completed in us, now we have the abilities it talks about in Ephesians four, it's the ministry of speaking the truth in love. And it's so important that we can speak the truth in love, but it only comes out of a spiritual maturity. When we're immature Christians, when we don't have that understanding of the truth and we just speak things out, we're not necessarily speaking truth and we may not be loving in those areas either. So it's out of that spiritual maturity that now we speak the truth in love. And in this, this actually strengthens, it builds up the body of Christ and brings us into this place of true family, which God is calling us into. Got it? Okay, so we have, what we've been doing is, and I I didn't even realize it, and then I'm like, oh, I get it, God. So we've actually been kind of going from this uh, micro place, we've been, uh, I guess, micro progression. So we're looking, we've dug into the details, and then we've slowly been kind of backing our way out. And I want to show you, just, you can, here's a video just to explain what we're doing. So we're starting with kind of looking at the neighborhood, go ahead and play that, and then here we go. We're zooming back out. And today, we are going to be looking at it from that viewpoint. Okay, So we've gone from this understanding of love, which is really, this is the the nitty gritty. This is the root. Like, this is the family. This is the in the neighborhoods. As we zoom back out, then we have this truth. And now we're going to zoom out. And we're going to talk about light. And good time to talk about light, as it's about Christmas time here. So. As we understand light and just the, the preview to this is, first of all, it's God the Father is, God is light. In, uh, in John, First John 1, 5, it says, God is light and in him there's no darkness. And so we have God is light. Through that, uh, he reveals to us Jesus, who is the light of the world. And then, and then we go back into this kind of where we've been in understanding through light, this is where truth is revealed. If we don't have light, we actually don't have the truth. It was a mystery to those prior to Jesus coming to earth. It was a complete mystery. And it says the kings and the rulers, they, they did not have this mystery. They did not have this understanding that we now have that only comes through Jesus. And then you have the, the progression that goes through from that, from the truth. We have obedience, faith, which then allows us to receive the love. We love others. We walk out of that. We walk in that light. We walk in truth. And then this brings us back into that place of family. So I know I just like threw a whole bunch at you, but we'll, we'll explain it now, okay? That's just, you just got to hear the end and now we'll go back to the beginning. So what is light? You guys know what light is? Anyone? What's that? Absence of dark? Yeah. The sun, the sun is light. Uh, okay, well, this is good. So I, start with me. We're going to go back to the very beginning. We're going to read through the book of Genesis, and then we'll get, our way, we'll get all the way back to, to Matthew here in a minute. God, that was a joke. <laughs> here we go. We are going to start in Genesis, though. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. I don't think, I don't have this up on the screen. So just follow along or, or open your Bibles or your iPhones or whatever you want to do there. But I, wanna, I want you to see this progression, because here's the thing. It, as we look through this, I believe this has been mistaught or misunderstood, uh, one, by me, I know, uh, but I believe by others as well. And so I want to just bring some understanding to this uh, that you may go, oh, I, I never saw that before. I never realized that. So in the beginning, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. First thing he did before day one. This wasn't part of day one. This was, in the beginning, there was the heavens and the earth, and this was created by God. And then it says, now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And I want you to understand something. We'll go into a little more. But this darkness, this wasn't a lack of the sun. This darkness was a void of God. And where this void was, that's actually, this is where there was evil. It was that type of darkness. And this was covering the deep of the earth. And then there's this next progression. And so then it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I want you to picture this, that all of a sudden, so you have this this darkness over the earth, this evil over the earth, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to hover over the earth. And the very first words of God in the Bible regarding the creation of the earth is, let there be light. What does he do in that moment? He is actually revealing himself in the earth in that moment. This isn't talking about light as in the stars, as in the sun. This is not the creation of the light as we see shining through the shades there. This is a deeper spiritual light that was created in this moment where God, what he was doing is he was establishing his kingdom. It was the beginning of a cosmic battle because there was darkness on the earth. And God was saying, no, 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 let there be light. And it says, again, in 1 John 1.5, it says that God is light and where in him there can be no darkness at all. So what does he do? Right after that says he separated the light from the darkness. So there was a separation that happened there between good and evil. And then, and then he says this, and he, how does it say it here? Let me make sure I got it right. Uh, and Oh, and he saw that the light was good. Now, every other day of creation, it's, and he saw that it was good. He saw that everything was good. But on this first day, he saw that the light was good. Now on the sixth day, what does he do? He creates man in his image. And then he says, oh, that's not just good, that's very good. He creates us. In his image, and he says, in his image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And, and this is, we need to understand this, because and then in, in, uh, in Genesis 2, it says, and he breathes life into them. And so where, how do you think that his light now is to be established on the earth? From the beginning of time, what God was doing is he was establishing his kingdom on the earth through mankind. This was his plan all along. And he says, he says to man, he says, uh, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. What's he doing? He's saying, fill the earth with my glory. We're going to eradicate the darkness. And I'm going to use you to do it. And then we have a little problem. What happens? Adam and Eve sin, right? Sin is darkness. And so darkness actually comes in. There is a separation now from mankind and to God because of man. Because of man's decision, he brought sin in, and that is darkness. And so now we have this separation. And so all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout these stories, there is darkness over the earth. Isaiah 60 explains this and says that there is darkness over the earth. There's actually this thick darkness over the people. But then it says something really cool. It says, but the Lord rises upon you. He's talking about Jesus initially. So there's this something that begins to happen here. The Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. So this is where we see Jesus now enter the world. And it's interesting. When you look at Matthew and Luke, you get the story of Jesus, right? Of of the story of the birth of Jesus and telling the whole story. But When you look at the book of John, it doesn't tell about the birth of Jesus in the same way that it does in Matthew and Luke, which is really interesting. But it does tell about the birth of Jesus. John 1 is about the birth of Jesus, but it's in terms of light and darkness. And we see in John 1, 9, it says, and the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So now you have the true light coming into the world why is he coming into the world? In John eight twelve, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. So he was bringing life. He was reestablishing the kingdom of light on earth. This was God's kingdom, and he was using his son to reestablish it so that now it's only through his son that we actually have This relationship now again with the Father—it's been reestablished. We're reunited with the Father through Jesus. You guys, good. I know this is kind of this is just a little scripture heavy here, but I want you to—you got to get this foundation. We need to understand this. Um, So Jesus came to reveal the character of the Father God. That's ultimately what He did. He's He came. God is light. Jesus is God. Uh, it says, the, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's this understanding that Jesus and God were actually together as one in the heavens, but now God is sending his son to the earth to bring his family back, to reestablish something. So, um, let me just, I'll give you one other, just something that. that confirms this in Luke 1, 32 and 33. This is what the angel says to Mary, explaining who Jesus is and what he's about to do. It says, he will be very great and he will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. So he's saying right here, there's a kingdom that's being established and it's not of this world. It's of another world, but this kingdom is being established on this earth as Jesus comes down to establish it. Okay. Also, oh, one more scripture, ready? <laughs> Colossians 1.13 says this, for he, God, that's, he's talking about God there, for he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And so now we're seeing this place, this area of darkness, rescues us from, from this kingdom and it says, and transferred us. To the kingdom of his beloved son. This is an amazing act that happens with Jesus coming to earth. That sometimes I think we just underestimate or we don't fully grasp that, wow, in this moment, thank God we live in this time and not prior to the, to the birth of Jesus, right? We live in such a good time. And, and this is what we get to to look forward to, is what I'm going to be talking about here, is understanding this light that has come into the world that now we get to actually have and we get to operate in. Uh, but, but realize that that before Christ came, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, for sin is the sting that results in death. So prior to Christ, you have this, this sin, which is the sting which results in death. There was no, there was no other option there. So all were condemned at that point, right? And it says the law actually gives sin its power. The law revealed sin. God actually gave the law to reveal sin so that it would be revealed. I'm not going to get into that, but, but um, God goes on to say, but thank God, or the word goes on to say, Paul goes on to say, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we now have victory over sin and over death through Jesus Christ. And I know you guys know that. I'm just kind of setting the foundation here of this. So here's the thing. What's our part in this? Jesus came. He does his part. He's now at the right hand of the Father. What's our part in this? This is what I want us to to really grasp today, as we're kind of zoomed out, and we're looking at this with the love of the Father in us, the truth, and now the light. We are called to be light. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We're called to be light. We're called to shine like stars. This is what we were born for. This is what we were created for. It's it's our destiny. It's our purpose. It's what God has designed us for, is to actually carry His light from the beginning of time to now. In the same way that God breathed life into Adam in the beginning, Jesus, actually, in John 20, he does the same thing again. He says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And the next thing he does is he goes, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes life into them. And it's through that, this is how we have light on the inside of us, is actually through the Holy Spirit. kind of jumped ahead a little bit. So in, in Philippians two fourteen through 16, it says this. If you can pull that up. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and a crooked generation. Then you will shine like stars in the sky. So do this, then you will shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. This is the word of life. We hold to the word of God. We hold to his truths. And in that, we actually shine like stars in the sky. It's like being a, a lighthouse in the sea. If you've ever been out and, and uh, sailed the seas at night, you probably know it can get pretty dark, right? Yeah. You can't see anything. You've never sailed in the seas. <laughs> <laughs> But for those who have, <laughs> uh, it's pitch black. There's there's absolutely no light, <laughs> except maybe the moonlight. But but here's the thing: there's lighthouses that are put up, and what what's the purpose of a lighthouse? It actually serves two purposes. One is to uh, to be a, navig- a navigational aid to those that that are in the sea, and also the second thing is to warn the boats of, of dangerous areas. And so when you see lighthouses, typically they're, you know, they're in those, like on the rocks in those crazy areas where there's, uh, the waves are crashing in. And, uh, and this is to warn the boats of, hey, this is a dangerous area. Stay away. And it's also to provide that navigation so that they know where to go. And this is, this is what we are called to be, in a sense, is these lighthouses that we would navig- help to navigate people. We are now light not because of who we are, but because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and we actually reflect the Father's light. Our job now is to reflect the character of God to others. And as we reflect and we reveal that character, what we do is we provide the navigation to others and we tell other people, hey, watch out. You're gonna hit the rocks in this area. Don't do that. There's something so much better. There's a life that's so much better. This is the life that we have to live. Ephesians 5, 8, and 9 says this, for you were once darkness, not even in darkness, this is a strong statement here, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And then it says this, so if we're light in the Lord, there's a a statement here that's so critical that we get, live as children of light. There's one thing to to have the light. There's another thing to to now live as children of light. For it says, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, of all righteousness, and of truth. This is powerful in, in this understanding of God's goodness like this is the fruit that's actually released when we walk as children of light there is righteousness understanding that we have the we're in the right standing with the father we have the righteousness we are the righteousness of Christ right of God in Christ Jesus and then whoops and then the, the last one is truth that we would know that truth which comes from what it's the word of god as we dive into that, as we have that, there is truth that now we release, and His light—it's—it's it's the gospel that we get to release that is light to others that are in darkness. Okay. Um. Let's see, where we go from here. So here's the thing: in order to remain in the light. We have to walk in that light, right? There is, and this is where, in Galatians 5, it talks about this. It says to walk, that we would walk in step with the Spirit. And so as the Spirit reveals light, what we do is we walk in step with the Spirit. And as we walk in step with the Spirit, as it talks about in Galatians 5, there's actually fruit that's released. And so it's not something we have to, like, strive at, but that as, as the Spirit's in us and as we walk in this, we release light, which is love, which is joy, which is peace, which is patience. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are all the characteristics of the Father. This is who the Father is, and as we walk in the light, we actually reveal that and release that to others that are in darkness. Okay. Okay. So, this next thing, which I already alluded to, is that as we are light... Our job is to go and establish light. Our job is to now establish the kingdom. Just like in Genesis, where God says, go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, now we are called to do that. We're called to do that again. We're called to fill the earth. In uh, Isaiah 6 and in Numbers 24, it talks about that we would actually fill the earth with the glory of God. What does that mean? that we would be light and that we would fill this place, that we would fill this entire earth with His light, with His glory. That's our job. And what a great job. I mean, I hate to say even the word job. That's, that's something we have the opportunity to do. It's amazing. This isn't, this isn't a task thing. This is like, no, we're given an opportunity here as children of God to be those that now bring light to darkness. Okay, I'm glad we got a few excited, but we're gonna get you all excited by the end of this. You're gonna be jumping up and down, I promise you. So God sent Jesus to establish the kingdom of light, and now we're under His reign and rule. When you said, "Lord, I, I make Jesus, I make you Lord and Savior of my life," when you made that commitment, what you did is you signed up for the new kingdom, right? There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness. There's the kingdom of light. Two different domains. Two different dominions, and One of them is of this earth, and this is the God of this world. That's Satan, who has the kingdom of this world, who has the kingdom of darkness, and that is still in this earth today. But we are not of that kingdom. We are not of this world. We're in the world. We're in the middle of it, but we're actually light and darkness. But we're of another kingdom. We're of a kingdom of light because we're under the reign and rule of Jesus. He's our king. He's the one that reigns and rule over us, and now, What what are we called to be? As I talked about earlier, we're called to be ambassadors of the king. We're actually stewards in this time of a kingdom on earth. He's made us stewards. He will return. He will return for his bride, and he is king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. It's written on his thigh. It's written on the robe. And he will ride a white horse, and we will see that. But in the meantime, we are his stewards, and we are called to bring light. We are called to be stewards of his kingdom. Okay, 1 Peter 2.9, I want you to see this. This is in the Passion Version, and there's a few times where I'll, I'll use the Passion just to, it, it kind of, it makes things a little more clear sometimes. Uh, sometimes, not all the time. In this case, it does. So, this is what it says. But you are God's chosen treasure. I'm gonna just stop right there, because this is the importance of, first of all, of understanding who you are. As God's chosen treasure, this is what the word means. The Greek word is actually used to describe guarded wealth. That's the chosen treasure. So this guarded wealth is actually, it's indicating a placement of the king's jewels, of his treasures uh, in, in a safe, protected place because of their extraordinary value. That's who you are. You have extraordinary value to God. And I hope that, that this morning that you begin to understand the extraordinary value that each person has to the Father. That he says, man, I call you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I value you. I love you. I have so much for you. That we would understand that value that we carry. And then, and then he says this, you're priests who are also kings. You're kings and priests on this earth. We are now the, the kings and priests. Until Jesus comes back, we are to reign and rule under his leadership to expand the kingdom. That's, that's what we get to do. It says a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. We, we get to be devoted to a father who loves us. He called you out of darkness to experience his what? Marvelous light, not just light, but when you understand that God is light and that we actually get to experience this light, this is marvelous light. This is amazing light. And we actually get to carry this. We get to have this on the inside of us. This is the mystery which, which no one understood until Jesus came on the earth. Until, actually, until he died. And now we get to understand this marvelous light that we get to have on the inside of us. And he says, and now he claims you as his very own, as children. And then he says this, he did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Let's fill the earth and subdue it. That his glory would, would cover the earth. And he does it through us. We're the ambassadors, we're the priests, we're the stewards, we're the kings. And there is a weightiness of responsibility of this. But it's also a great thing. Who would wanna be a king? Anyone wanna be a king or a queen? For those women, sorry. Kings or queens? Like if you found out that you were, like somebody came to you and said, oh, you're actually the queen or you're the king of this country. you be like, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> right? Like, Well, what do I get as a king or a queen here? Well, if we understand the position that we have, we're actually kings and queens on this earth over a kingdom of God. There's a lot of inheritance that we get to have in this. There is an amazing position that we get to hold in this. I, I, I was explaining, this is kind of like, we're like the Incredibles. We're not of this world, but we're in this world. Have you guys ever seen The Incredibles, the movie? Uh, I haven't actually seen the second one, I have to admit. But the first one I've seen, way too many times. We have three kids, and, uh, but it's a great movie. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, it's a, good, it's a good movie. But what happens in The Incredibles? These guys are amazing, right? They have all these superpowers, but what do they try to do? They try to kind of fit in with society, right? They don't want to make a scene. They don't want to do anything that would kind of blow things up, literally. And so, so in that, though, th- there's this confrontation, because they can't do it. And it's caused, they're causing one problem after another because there's something on the inside of them that says, no, 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 i am made for more than that. Like, I've got to do something here. And, you know, the, I forget the dad's name, whatever he is. But, you know, he goes out and he's, he's trying to do his, like, acts secretly, and then he gets busted and things blow up and, and they have to get a new identity. And here's the thing. We were created for so much more than just living in this society and and being alongside everybody else and trying to fit in. We are not meant to fit in. That is not who we are. We are ones that we are the incredibles. You guys are incredibles. We've got Elastigirl and I don't know right? <laughs> But we are. But there's, there's something that we, we need to understand this, like we're not of this world. We're in it, but we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And there are great things that we're called to do. We're called to raise the dead. We're called to heal the sick. We're called to do all these amazing things, right? I was talking to somebody who was, uh, they're going through the book of Acts. They're doing this study on Acts. And, uh, and there's this part in Acts that she was like, oh my gosh, I just hadn't seen that really before. Where Philip, he's, he's with the, uh, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch and he baptizes him, right? This is in, I think it's in Acts 8. And, uh, and right after that, Philip is teleported to another place. Literally disappears from this place and teleported to another place. And in, she was telling me this, and I'm like, well, yeah. Like, haven't you been teleported? Hasn't everyone been teleported? Like, it's a common thing, right? You guys do this? <laughs> um, I've never been teleported. And somebody told me in the last service, you need to add the word yet <laughs> but I'm like, how cool would that be? But here's the thing. There are amazing things that we actually have through the Holy Spirit, because of Jesus, because of what he's done, there is power that we get to release on this earth through Christ. And sometimes we, what we do is we dumb it down because we want to fit in. And here's the sad thing, is when the power is released, the world doesn't understand it. It's not like everyone goes, wow, that was amazing. There's many times where it's, it is not taken well. I can tell you, Robbie Dawkins, as we've talked about him, he, a few years back, he raised someone from the dead. It was documented. He raised someone from the dead. He had more death threats on his life. There was more persecution that hit him in that time than any time ever before. You would think everyone would be like, wow, that's amazing. Not in this world, because there's darkness in this world and they do not understand the light. But we are called to bring light. We are called to be light. You guys got it? Okay, last thing I want to hit before we we close is this caution here. In 1 John 1, 6, and 7, it says this. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth living out the truth, that's that obedience. So we we may have the truth, we may understand it in our minds, but if we don't actually live it out, if we don't actually walk it out, if we don't walk in that obedience to the commands of Christ after we understand them, we don't have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness. It says, but if we walk or if we live in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is what gives us life. This is that Zoe life. It's that, that, that uh, life on earth, that abundant life on earth, and also that eternal life that we get to have. I, I use this example. It's like this understanding of truth. It's like having a flashlight. You can have the truth. And it can be right here in the flashlight, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got the truth. I understand it. But if you're in a dark place and you don't actually operate the truth, if you don't turn that thing on, guess what? You're going to stumble and you're going to fall, right? You're going to trip over something because you have it, but you're not using the truth. So there's this understanding that we have to get. It's not just having the truth. It's not just understanding it. It's operating at it. It's turning on the flashlight. And when you turn on the flashlight, you're like, oh, don't step there. Don't step there. Oh, this, I'm going to walk this way. This is the light. It says it says the word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. But we have to turn it on. We have to actually walk in it. Okay. Last thing, 1 John 2. Uh, 10 and 11 says this, anyone who loves their brother lives in the light. So we've, this is 1 John 10, or 1 John 4 talks about this as well. But it's anyone who loves their brother walks in the light, and there is nothing in them that makes them stumble. So as you walk in the light, you're not going to stumble. You, there's nothing in you that's going to make you stumble. But anyone who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness And it says, they do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. It's blinded their eyes. Guys, there is that, as we receive the love of the Father, we are called to love others. This actually allows us to walk, then we walk in the light and we do not stumble. Quick example of this. uh, Can't laugh yet, you heard it the last service. (laughs) About a year ago, first of all, we have a dog. Name is Winston. He's the most amazing dog. If you guys are, you know, as kids, you always fight about who has the best dog. And we, let me just tell you, we have the best dog. Uh, he's, a, he's a white golden retriever. Um, and uh, the only bad thing is he sheds. But uh, about a year ago, he ate something that did not go well in his stomach. And, um, and so he was, we had to take him out quite a few times throughout the day and then into the evening and um, he had some diarrhea and so he was, you know, doing his stuff out there. Anyway, we went to bed that night and uh, he's very good. If he has to go out, he'll come over and just kind of nudge us in the bed or make noise or shake or do something and we'll know, oh, we need to, he needs to go outside. And so we were sleeping and all of a sudden I hear him making those noises like, oh, I need to go outside. And so, of course, I nudge Christy, I'm like, Christy. Uh, our dog needs to go outside and go to the bathroom. <laughs> and so Christy, being the loving wife that she is, she, she gets up and she um, goes out and, and she leaves the lights off. And so she's walking in the dark, which is not a good thing. right? You don't, we don't want to walk in the dark. We just talked about we need to walk in the light, right? And uh, so she gets out into the hallway. And all of a sudden, I hear this scream. Ah! And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I flip on the lights. I, I come running out to the door there. And I'm like, what is up? And I look down, and there is diarrhea all up the hallway. And she is literally walking through it <laughs> barefoot. And, and it was I was thankful that I wasn't the one that got up and did that. Thank you, Lord, that I did not walk in the darkness, that Christy walked in the darkness, and I revealed the light. It was just a little late. If I would have revealed the light a little sooner, she would have been okay. So that's where I'm telling you guys, we need to reveal the light so that you don't walk in doggy diarrhea. That's not what you want to do. So I, I believe you'll remember this point here, and that we do want to walk in the light. We've got to turn on the light. We've got to actually walk in that, and as we do, it keeps us from the doggy diarrhea. Right? Okay. (laughs) So this is the last thing I just, I I want us to, as we close, I want us to consider this this morning. Uh, Just ask yourself this question. And and this was kind of convicting to me and to Christy, I know, and uh, I think it'll be convicting, hopefully not condemning, but just convicting that we just begin to look in this. As we, are called to be light and reveal the character of God in everything we do. I just want you to think about the conversations that you have on a daily basis. When you're talking to people, the actions that you do, especially when you're at home. A lot of times it's in our own homes where, uh, where are, we, are we truly revealing the character of God in those times? As we're speaking to others, as we're talking to others, are we revealing God's character in everything we do? In our emails, in our social media, in Facebook, are we revealing the character of God in everything we do? With our families, with our in-laws at Christmas time, are you revealing the character of God in everything that you do? This is the life that Jesus lived on the earth, a life of revealing his character. He said, everything I said and do do is, is the will of my Father. I do his will, I do what he... I do what he tells me to do, and I say what he says. In that same way, as Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I send you, he's calling us into that same place of actually revealing the character of the Father. I heard Bill Johnson say this recently, and it just, it hit me. It stuck with me. Because a lot of times what we do is we think we're revealing the character of God when really we're justifying our situation. And we're justifying something to someone else. And this is what he said. He goes, Satan doesn't care about what position you take on an issue as long as you are willing to leave the character of Christ to defend it. Let me say that one more time. Satan does not care what position you take on an issue as long as you are willing to leave the character of Christ to defend it. We have to be so careful that we never leave the character of Christ, that we never leave the character of God. We don't have to defend ourselves. We're not called to defend ourselves. We're not called to, to bring things into a right place. Leave that to the Lord. We're called to reveal the character of God to others. We're called to love others. Will you guys stand? I want to do two things. I just want to say, if, if you, first of all, have never made that decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't leave from here. We're going to have prayer teams up front. If you've never accepted Christ, or maybe if you have at one point in your life, but, but you've turned away, you've kind of walked away, and you're like, man, this is," I want to get back. I want to come. I want to walk in the light. I want to re- release the light. I want the character of God in my life and I want that revealed through me and released from me. If that's you, I just I want to invite you forward after, after we close here, just to pray with one, someone on our prayer team. And this is the most important decision you will ever make in life, whether you're coming back to Him or whether you're coming to Him for the first time, to say, you are Lord and Savior of my life. And for those of us who are... are walking as children in the light. I'm going to pray that we, would just, that we would do that even to a greater measure. So will you just put your hands out. Father, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for those that are watching online right now. Lord, I pray that in this season, especially in this season, as we understand this was the time when you sent your Son to this earth, that we get to celebrate this light coming to earth so that we then can be a light to a lost and a dying world, that we can be salt to to this world. Lord, I pray that you would give us that wisdom, give us that revelation, that spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we would know you to a greater measure, to a greater understanding. Lord, as it says in Ephesians, would you open the eyes of our heart. Would you open our heart up to give us that greater understanding of who you are, to reveal your truth. Lord, through your light, reveal your truth, that we can walk in that truth. We can receive your love and release that love to others. Lord, I ask that that those in this place, Lord, that we would be the light, that we would be stars in the sky that would shine brightly, that we would be lighthouses to those in need. Lord, I pray for encounters and opportunities to bless others, to impact the world around us. Lord, We say, God, be gracious to us. Lord, would you bless us? Would you make your face shine upon us in this time, that your ways may be known on earth and that your salvation would be known among the nations through us. Reveal that in this time and in this season in greater measure. Thank you that we get to be lights and that we get to release your light. Holy Spirit, rise up on the inside of us and empower us to do everything that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.